We here at Yash Jesus believe that God doesn't make mistakes. Not with people and not with produce. Which is why we're so excited to be partnering with Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is an online grocer that recovers ugly produce and surplus foods that would otherwise go to waste. And delivers fresh, customizable boxes to your door for up to 30% less than the grocery stores. We're talking farmer's market quality girls. Without the hassle of going out of your house, honey. Without the hassle. And now, Imperfect has expanded to include pantry staples like lentils, rice, olive oil, and bread, you name it, to help round out your shopping. <laughs> girls, I just got my weekly shipment of imperfect produce, and let me tell you. Ooh, spill it, girl, spill it. I got this ugly little watermelon that puts the pretty little peach in Call Me By Your Name to shame. <laughs> That's the tea! Trust me, you're going to want to get in on this. To get your first shipment of perfectly imperfect farm fresh produce, go to imperfectfoods.com and use the promo code YASJESUS. That's Y-A-S-S-J-E-S-U-S. Welcome to Yas Jesus. We aren't spiritual leaders. We aren't theologians. Or prophets. Or even really that sure of what we're doing. We're just two lost sinners who love the Lord. And want to open up His grace to other people who are on this journey alongside us. This isn't a tutorial on how to be Christian. But rather an exploration on what that actually means. In a safe space. Thank you and God bless. Hey, kings and queens and in-between sinner saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't, welcome to another episode of Yas Jesus! I'm Daniel Francesi, and as always, I'm here with... Azariah Southworth. And we believe that more than ever, God is your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you have no choice in that. You are gonna, he is your daddy, and you will call him daddy. Abba father. Or mommy, who cares? Yeah. Right? God is transgender. God transcends... <laughs> All gender. He does transcend gender. So God can be your mother or your father. It's indeed true. And we're celebrating Father's Day, the ultimate father. The ultimate father. What does an ultimate father look like for you? For me, um, I don't know. I didn't get a car when I was 16. <laughs> That's like part of the problem. <laughs> You're done. I know. You are not I've an ultimate dads father. I do that on TV and I'm like, I want a car. <laughs> I don't know. I had to work for everything I had. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that was my dad's plan to raise me. Yeah, you know what? Uh, my dad made me pay for my car insurance when I was in high school working at Wendy's. So I'm going to say an ultimate father for me would just cover all your bills. <laughs> Wendy's. Oh, or is that a sugar daddy? Hey, can you pay my bills? Can you Beyonce me? That's what I mean. <laughs> I never understood that Bill's, Bill's, Bill song either because it's just like, hey, can you take care of me? I thought you're Miss Independent. I don't know. It's a, it's a confusing thing. Okay. I, I do want my dad to pay my bills, though. Please, somebody call me if you want to pay bills. There's all types of different fathers, right? So our Reverend Ross outlined for us some of the different type of fathers that there are. Ooh, I'm excited to get into that. Okay. Before we do, uh-huh. we need to do our praise report and our prayer request. Yes, let's offer up some praise. Are you ready for a praise report? Praise Yes, him. welcome in. Come into the church. Have a seat. Enjoy yourself. And today we're going to immediately start off with a celebration. Pass me that fan. A hosanna. There. A hallelujah, if you will. <laughs> what are we celebrating? Honey, we got a praise report from one of our listeners. And I'm going to read this to you. It's beautiful. Read it. It's so sweet. Spill it, girl. Spill it. <laughs> and it's a little funny. So I'm going to do a little voice with it too, okay? Oh, what a treat. <laughs> 
Let me try this again. I am using voice to text because I just got my nails did and they're like 45 inches long. Whoa. So my name is Danielle. I am 23 years old, a college student, and I am LGBTQ. I've been raised in a very conservative church and went to a two-year conservative ministry school, and I am currently enrolled in a university where I am majoring in theology and sociology, and I just came to accept my sexuality and came out last year. I've had a lot of trouble reuniting my faith with my spirituality, and I was told it was not possible. I became agnostic for a big majority of this year, and it was a huge life-changing experience. I just want to tell you that your podcast has made such a huge impact in me finding my faith again. I think it's absolutely amazing that this podcast really impacts people like me to fully accept who they are and to understand that their sexuality is never something to be ashamed of or for purity culture to shove down. Yes! That purity culture, honey. Mm -hmm. I just want to tell you that I'm excited to hear your future episodes. Thank you for going into depth and for creating a community of people to listen to you. I'm a big theology nerd, which is why I'm a religious studies major, and I love hearing you guys go into detail and for allowing us the space for everyone to feel welcome and safe. Wow. Well, Danielle, first of all, you better send a picture of them nails. <laughs> yes, I, I we want to see, see them nails. <laughs> That's A. And number two... <laughs> I want to give you some celebration noises for coming out. So I'm going to open this big, huge box of celebration. Yay! Yay! Congrats on living your 100% authentic truth in Christ. And from these two zaddies, we love you. <laughs> we love you. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Call me big zaddy. Hey. And then we have to get into our prayer request. So this is the portion where if you guys have anything out there, it could be so trivial. It could be so major. If you have something that you want to pray for, you can write us at pray at yashjesuspod.com. And this one comes from Bill. Bill says, I've been having trouble with my dad. I came out to my family and my mom has accepted me, but my father has not. Do you have any advice? Now, I think dads are a little difficult. Part of the thing about coming out is your parents have this ideal in their head of what they want you to be. They have dreams for you. Mm -hmm. Like when they're holding you as a child, mm -hmm. they got a little boy in their hands and they, you know, who, who might end up being trans mm -hmm. and they don't know that. And they might be like, he might be a baseball player or he might da 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 da. Not that you can't do any of those things, but they have these images in their head. So it's very hard for them to stray from what they think they thought you were. So you have to give them a little more peace. And I think a great way to give peace in my opinion, is to show them who you are. Yeah. I think gay is too general of a term. Saying that you're queer or you're gay or you're lesbian or trans, people don't know what that means. They only know what the perception of what their influence has been. Otherwise, they're ignorant to it because they haven't been exposed to it. So it's your job to re-educate them. I often say it's the job of queer children to save their parents' souls. I, important to note here, because I hear my therapist's voice in my head saying, don't become a rescuer, Right. So don't play the role of a rescuer, which is only going to perpetuate your own cycles. But just like the word says that if you are saved, that the rest of your family will become saved. Yeah. Like if you can show them the light, the rest of your family will come around. I truly believe that if you just have patience and care. Now, some things that I suggest to do is, first of all, maybe get a book about being gay. 
and 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 write some footnotes in it like put some highlights say this is me this is not me this is how i am you know this is how i behave for me i waited to tell my dad until i had a partner for at least over a year and then mm. i could be like hey dad you know i'm gay and this is my boyfriend and we are in a committed relationship together and this is what this looks like and it's not that different because i think another fear that a lot of parents have is that you're going to be lonely and live a lonely yeah. life and people yeah. are going to be against you and all these other things yeah i don't know why that makes a lot of parents against the idea of you being whoever it is that you want to be my thing would be make a list of all the things that you aren't that you fear he or she may think you are and then make a list of all the things you are this is funny that we're mentioning this right now i actually came out to my dad on father's day what yes i said dad i'm gonna give you the greatest gift that i can give (laughs) you you're gonna get to know your son yeah because i came out to my mom three or four years prior Mm -hmm. and my mom was sharing all these great experiences with me she knew my friends and she seen my life and i was like i want you to be a part of that Mm -hmm. and i don't know if my dad was always accepting but he came around you know in the beginning he was just like hey danny look you could talk about the gay things but just don't tell me nothing about the sex all right i don't want to know nothing about the sex and i was like dad i don't really want to know about your sex details either he was like yeah i guess not and it was like okay let's go get pizza like, it was he just, just like, had to get over that, that hurdle it was just that hurdle he just didn't want to hear about any butt things yeah yeah you know which are fabulous if you change your mind listen we can teach you a few things <laughs> yeah. but my point is, I've seen a lot of people make the mistake of trying to like shock their parents or, you yeah. know, I don't hold back. I yeah. always acknowledge everything. I remember one time we were in the car and my family was like, should we go get pizza? Should we get sausage? And I was like, everyone knows I love sausage. <laughs> my brother and sister's face got yeah, red. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I was pushing the envelope, but sometimes jokes heal, yeah. you know? Yeah, you got to really break healing. that tension. Well, Bill, we are praying for you. Yes. And all the other Bills and Daniels out there, please, if you guys have a praise report or a prayer request, please email us at pray at yashjesuspod.com and we will get to you. And now it's time for the scripture of the day. Hey, hey, hey. Scripture of the day. Oh, oh, oh. Scripture of the day. Oh, oh. It's soul food. <laughs> this scripture that I have, my scripture of the day, okay. is Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Ooh, uh... Well, immediately all I think about a dad is like someone yelling at you to bring things in that draw the garbage. <laughs> and that's why I have so many daddy issues now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely an issue. Also going on, there's a few scriptures. We're going to do multiple scriptures today. Proverbs 1.8, hear my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. Also, Matthew 15, 4, I know I remember, because it's obey thy mother and father. So we are constantly being told by the scripture to obey our parents but what if our parents are lunatics? Yeah, what if they're out trying to kill us? Yeah, what, like I mean, Abraham trying to kill Isaac. So we have to look at this and again, interpret it through your lens. Uh-huh. Perhaps, hear my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. Maybe the things that your dad instructed you to do or your mother taught you were not to act like them. Some people are in crises in their home life. And so that could be a confusing text. Part of what we're here to do well, is... Well, I think it can be confusing if it is used and applied incorrectly. So, yes, obey your mothers and fathers, don't... But there's also boundaries within that, right? Yeah. So, there are a lot of examples in the Bible. For example, Isaac obeying his father Abraham, following him up that mountain, and then being tied down to be offered as a sacrifice. Would you have obeyed your father in that moment? No. I mean, well... 
it's crazy he would even take Isaac up there to be sacrificed. Yeah, well, you know, supposedly it's God's plan. Yeah. I don't do literal interpretations of the Bible. I think that's dangerous, okay? So I approach the Bible from a historical context yes. approach, right? Well, so, indeed, uh, in this story, Abraham does not sacrifice Isaac. He takes him up there, he bounds him down, he pulls the knife right above him, and God right. says, don't do it. Right. So that's the story, right? But Isaac did not talk to his dad after that. I don't really blame him for that. I don't either. <laughs> Can you imagine the kind of feeling it must have been to be laying on a rock with your father standing above you, ready to kill you? Like what that must feel like? I would have been cursing at the time. I would have been like, you mother... How dare you make me go on this long-ass hike up this steep mountain, almost kill me from this hike alone, and then you want to tie me down and now you're going to kill me? Because God told you to? You are crazy, and I want you to know that before I take my last breath. Well, I'll tell you, Psalm 103.13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. So, if you have a crazy dad, you still have the Lord. Yeah, there's many types of different fathers and father figures, right? Even a mother could be a father figure in your life. So, some of the father figures that we have listed here, provided by our Reverend Ross Murray, is that there's an Abba father, right? So, it's just not that Swedish disco band It's an Aramaic term for father. It's a way to address someone who is a father figure to you in an intimate way. So, this is how Jesus referred to God the Father as Abba. Then there's also biological fathers. Adam, the first man, the first human father. The first human father. I mean, Adam is a a weird example in the Bible because ultimately he strayed from God. He did something against what God's plan was and then had to watch his son kill his other son. Yeah. I think that it's a good example, men taking responsibility for their own failures and Mm -hmm. for for not obeying God. Interesting. Okay. And obeying God that way. I think that's something that I always thought about when it came to Adam. Mm Mm-hmm. Are there any good biological fathers in the Bible? I mean, you listed Adam, you made him sound good, but like, are there any good Mm. biological fathers? Because I'm thinking of Lot, right? Oh, God. From the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. We all know this story, especially this audience. We know that story very well. Well, maybe they don't. Lot had a bunch of people show up at his house. Just this big mob came after him. Yeah. And he basically offered them to rape his daughters. Yeah. Like, Not cool, Lot. Like, hey, like, dad, really, dad? Yeah, don't take these angels that are in my house because, like, God might kill me. But here's my daughters. What? <laughs> there's some really... No happy Father Day to Lot today, okay? Some really... Screw you, Lot. There's some stories in the Bible that are just insane. Yeah. I think Lot is probably the worst parent in the Bible. Like, I mean, and that's if saying you a know lot. Of a, if you know of a that's worse a lot. Come on. parent in the ju- Bible, ju- let us know. Yeah, yes. If you know anybody worse than Lot, <laughs> email us at pray at yesjesuspod.com. I think Joseph is a terrific dad. I gotta you know say. What? You know, I could see Joseph being a good dad. Joseph was a good dad. First of all, he worked really hard to try to find some place for his wife to go when, yeah. when she was pregnant. They fled to another country for safety. The Bible says that Joseph was a righteous man. Jesus must have loved him for his strength, honesty, and kindness. He taught mm-hmm. Jesus carpentry. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to have that kind of experience. I think that's nice. Like a yeah. father-son bonding experience of learning a trade. Yeah. My dad taught me 
wood burning. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, I, he can't do it anymore because of arthritis. But he did teach me how to draw on a piece of wood and then use the wood burner to like make texture and different kinds of yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, it's an odd artistic trait of my father's. Yeah, my dad is actually a carpenter. So if I was to compare him to any father figure in the Bible, I would compare him to Joseph. Not just because he's also a carpenter, but because he also portrays a lot of the values that Joseph portrays, such as loyalty to his family, providing, like for instance, in the birth of Jesus, getting the family to a safe location, because he knew the call that was upon them. They knew that they were dealing with the Son of God in Mary's womb, right? So, I don't know. When I think of my father, I think of Joseph. Oh, that's nice. Back to Abraham, though. Like, Abraham had many sons. (laughs) And he had many sons because of why. (laughs) Yeah, because he got around. He had more than one wife. Going back to our polyamorous, polygamous. (laughs) I mean, I was reading in this article on forward.com, which is an incredible Jewish site, about your father's a peach compared to these five god-awful biblical dads (laughs) by Hody Neems. And in it, he talks about Abraham and reminds us that Abraham was the one who introduced circumcision. So just alone for that. (laughs) So, okay. So how would you categorize Abraham? Because we didn't get through all the different types of fathers there are. So there's Abba father. So Abba is someone that you consider an intimate, close father figure, right? There's our biological fathers where we just share the same DNA. And then there's my favorite type of fathers. There's daddies. <laughs> so, oh, <Lord>. and then there's also mentors, right? So, out of these four, how would you categorize Abraham Look, based off of what we know of him? I think a father, because you know, I tell you what, anybody could be a father, but a biological someone, father, yes, because it takes someone special to be a daddy. Like it really does. It takes someone special to like put in the effort. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, me and my dad are cool now, but my dad left our family like when I was around 16 and my Mm -hmm. mom stepped in as the father role. Mm -hmm. Like I had a single mom who, you know, when my parents were divorced, didn't know how to write a check even that ended up figuring out how to do everything. Yeah. You know, my sister taught me how to shave even my little sister. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. I think that the gender norms and the gender roles are ridiculous because when I think about my mentors in life, I think about a hell of a lot of women. I think about Patricia Crotty. My professor from college, I think about my Aunt Diane and my cousin Diane, who we have to call Baby Diane because she's also a cousin. Um, I think about especially my mother. I think about later in life, Ali Willis, who I felt was a great mentor. There are great men mentors in my life. My grandfather, Frank, was great. I just feel like I ended up learning most of my things from friend tours. I had to find my own tribe. As a queer person, sometimes there is a point in your life where either you are not welcome in your own family, which was not necessarily the case in mine, but there is a point where you break away. Like you have that Kelly Clarkson moment and you go and break away (laughs) and you have to kind of find your own tribe. Mm -hmm. And I think that as a queer person, there's a lot of different people that have mentored me. Most recently, I can think about Joel Goldman, who's the managing director of Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation when I started. Joel taught me how to be a philanthropist and how to be somebody who is an activist and how to be an ambassador and use quote unquote celebrity for good. And I think that that is one of my greatest life lessons. So I don't know if a parent is equipped to do everything i don't know there's some dads who can be i don't know i've met some amazing men in my life um yeah, i know <laughs> and i'm and, and i don't mean it just in that's you know silly stupid i just think way, as, but... as queer as queer men often we have strange relationships especially trying to figure out what it is in in who we are so what what do you think uh makes uh, a daddy patience 
And I think tenderness, like a lot of my buddies mm-hmm. who have like gone on and had daughters, they become like daddies. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like how a cat can take care of himself and a puppy needs a little more attention. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel like even though all kids do need attention, that maybe it's part of our culture as a society that we feel like men don't need as much. Mm-hmm. But I know that as a young gay boy, I was tender mm-hmm. like a girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't I didn't necessarily do a lot of the things that I've know other friends did, like walk around in heels or whatever. But like, I definitely felt tender. I felt softer. You know, mm-hmm. I, I do remember not being able to catch a ball or whatever, you know, just certain things like that, that I felt like disappointed my dad early on. There's another Proverbs 22, 6 says, start children off the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that my dad was so involved in the church. And I think that it led me in a place. To where I'm sitting here today and making this podcast. Mm -hmm. Because it set me in a place where they taught me God. They put it in your bones. Yeah. So I had a family member who had a trouble relationship with some of their kids. And I said, you know, no matter what you do as a parent, you mess your kids up. Mm -hmm. You can be anything. Grass is always greener, right? Make it perfect for them. Make sure that they never want for anything. Buy them a car. Buy them a phone. Buy them all the things that they want. Uh, Make sure that they always feel supported. Sit at their games and scream in the stands and do all this stuff. And then they get out into the workplace and they don't have that same fanfare. And they'll be like, Dad, you didn't set me up for the real world. You made everything too perfect. You didn't let me try harder. You didn't let me... Mm -hmm. whatever it is a human is going to rebel and i think that no matter what your parents did they were going to mess you up even if they were quote unquote perfect they would have messed you up so i think as you get older you start to realize this and i think you ease up on them a little bit okay so i hear you saying that a daddy is someone that is tender is caring attentive right so that's how i hear you describing what makes a daddy you know what it's actually interesting because this is an italian new york thing so if i'm talking tell my mom or my dad i'll be like ma or dad right i'll be like dad Mm -hmm. ma right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if i'm talking to my brother or my sister i'll be like mommy said daddy said Mm -hmm. even now Mm -hmm. for a two-year-old man i'm like daddy said mommy said Mm -hmm. and if i'm talking to like a teacher at school and you need to get like a report signed you're like my mother my father that's Mm -hmm. like a very new york italian thing Mm -hmm. that you refer to them in all those different three ways okay so depending on the social context yeah okay for me i would say that i have a different take on daddy it's (laughs) it's <laughs> oh do tell i mean i your way of describing a daddy right tender caring attentive i put that in the category of abba because that seems very intimate to me but daddy daddy to me sounds well are you gonna talk about it in the, in the, uh, as a biological daddy or are you gonna talk about it as like a dating daddy and is it being into daddies something that comes from things that we were missing from our fathers hmm this is a question that I, we I, look, have to ponder. I definitely end up in, in relationships being the daddy. Like, I've been a daddy since I'm, like, 16. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just who I am. I'm a giant, and I'm a bigger person, and I'm a big personality, and mm-hmm. I've, I'm a bossy leader. And I always feel like I have been in that position my whole life. And I do feel like there is some sort of gratification, especially when I date younger, in providing things to a guy that i'm seeing that i didn't get growing up so the first time you were called daddy do you remember recoiling or was it something that was welcome no i probably said call me daddy (laughs) (laughs) louder call me big daddy (laughs) i don't know it doesn't really bother me because i don't have any sort of incestual feelings at all sure. like i don't have yeah, any yeah, kind yeah. of thing like that i have a brother too so when people are always like oh brother situations or i'm like no yeah. Nah, yeah and then whenever they're like that i'm like do you have a brother they're like no and i'm like well that's why you think it's kind of hot yeah because if you have a brother it's not <laughs> hot at all 
a lot of the things I do in my life and my career are for me to sort of feed the 12 year old that I was uh-huh. like, I, like I pick jobs uh-huh. that I think the 12 year old that I was would find so cool, even if I'm bitter and jaded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I do that in dating too. It's sometimes when I'm dating somebody and I like to be the big spoon. I like to be the nurturer. I like to help them with their job and almost You're to a, a total daddy. Yeah, but almost to a fault where like I don't get it back. And then I resent it. Mm-hmm. I have to learn an equal balance. Your self journey is such a huge part of life. And as a queer person, a lot of times, especially a late in life coming out person like myself, you have a lot of backing up to do. We lose a lot of our youth as queer people because we have to grow up real fast to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. I have this weird thing where I think that a lot of the reasons that queer people are good at the arts are because of the necessity to pay attention to detail to survive. Like if you put a straight guy and a gay guy in a bar. The straight guy is going to notice maybe what beer selections they have if he's a beer drinker. He's going to notice some of the girls that are around, if they're single or not. And maybe, maybe he might notice what song is playing. But like a gay guy is going to walk in. First thing he's going to do is walk around and say, is this a safe space? Who here is? Are people here that that can attack me? And then they're going to look again and do they another. Identify look. the exits. <clears throat> they're going to identify <laughs> the exits. And then they're going to look another level and they're going to be like, anybody here like me? Is there anyone here that even resemble? Who's the queerest person in the room? Is it me? And then they're going to say, oh, look at what that girl's wearing. And then they're going to be like, oh, look at that straight guy who's hot. And then they're going to maybe order a drink. And then they're going to start looking at the decorations because they're bored because there aren't enough people there that are there to socialize with them sexually, which Mm -hmm. is what makes the world go around. Like every single bar is there so people can get laid. I mean, other people have found other uses for it. But I feel like when all these. I've been doing bars wrong. No, but I'm just saying like. (laughs) Everything in life. Have you seen a uh, shampoo commercial where like, oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, or they're yeah, like, you know, or you see well, like even even the way that like, like a butter commercial where they're like, try this butter. Like everything right. is served with sex, yeah, and it's served with heteronormative sex yeah. to us, yeah. And so I think a queer person has to adjust, and then they get bored. Mm-hmm. Then when they say it's a safe space and there's nobody here for me, I'm bored. And they might turn to a funny person or the bartender or a girl or a guy, but then they're eventually going to look around and be like, look at those curtains, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And I think that's why when we're in a situation of creativity as designers and programmers and everything, that we really do pay attention to every single less detail because we're looking at it through the eyes of everyone. Sure. Is there something that your dad didn't teach you that you wish he would have? I never had a sex conversation with my dad. My mom was always so open and great about that. Her philosophy about that was like, if they're old enough to ask, they're old enough to know. She told me everything I needed to know, I guess. But I guess that would have been nice. I wish my dad might have taught me sports. I felt like, uh, I don't know. I mean, do you want to have a therapy session right now? No, I'm just... I'm just... I, one of the things was, I'm a tough guy. Like, I could fight. I don't like to. As a bouncer, I was always the guy that would defuse the fights, right? I'm like a peacemaker. But I can fight. I have strength. And I think growing up, I had so many bullies and I just didn't know my own strength because in my family, my dad put me down a lot. And I felt like that put me in a position where if my own family doesn't think that I'm worthy, then maybe I'm not worthy in the world. It was a difficult lesson for me to learn. I had to find my own self-worth through trial and error, you know? And I think that when you're estranged from your parents and when you don't have those kind of relationships, it's difficult, you know? I found as we got older that I have to reach out to them. I have to, like, be the one. If I don't call my dad for six months, I probably won't hear from him. Mm -hmm. 
But I feel like if I call him every week, he'll pick up the phone and be excited to hear from me. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain point where I'm like, wait a minute, they don't know everything. My dad doesn't know everything. Like maybe I should ask this mentor about this kind of a thing or that kind of a thing. Yeah. What's something that your dad has taught you that you remember and has, has always stood out to you? something your dad taught you that you remember? Why is this about me? Why are you trying to... <laughs> I already got my own daddy issues. What's something your dad taught you, Azariah? What about you? Uh, my dad used to always try to teach me about how to how to do carpentry work, and I was not interested whatsoever. Like, where are the Barbies? Like, let me oh. go, go let me go swim and you fish. You mean something I rejected? Like... <laughs> the best thing I ever rejected was my dad wanted one of my chores to be to change the filter and the air conditioner. Oh. And I kept saying that I didn't know how to do it, mm-hmm. and he made my brother do it and then yeah. it got to the point where like i don't even know how he yeah. knows how yeah and it became i i was able to make that one my brother's job yeah <laughs> like, you bro, finessed it yeah I, I totally finessed it out of my situation but i did i did and i still do love washing cars i love yeah, to yeah, wash yeah. a yeah. car yeah. and i think that was a very big bonding experience for my mm-hmm. dad and i like you know, on Sundays, I would water the garden, which I still do and love mm-hmm. doing, you know, and I would wash the car, which I mm-hmm. love doing. Like, I could just spark a joint and play some tunes and just, like, get into the, like, the minute mm-hmm. details of, like, that mm-hmm. tire and just make that <laughs> Sparkle, honey, sparkle. Every last bug off the uh-huh. hood and you the know, windshield. You know, one a really important thing my dad did teach me was integrity. My dad told me just never sign your name to something that you would not stand for. Mm-hmm. And this was like a second grade lesson mm-hmm. because I wrote like some of my cursive letters like messy or whatever. And my dad was mm-hmm. like, "No, like this is your names on this." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Everything I ever put my name on, I'm proud of." And and mm-hmm. I I think that I've taken that lesson with me all the way through my life. Where mm-hmm. when I think about movies i take or projects i do it really influences my decision of what i'm putting my name on what i'm attaching myself to Mm -hmm. which is why we've done something like create this show because Mm -hmm. it's like this is something that i think belongs in the world and i'm happy to have my name on yash jesus Mm -hmm. but that comes from a lesson that i got from my from my dad Mm. okay also my dad was a great singer and i think he gave me a little bit of my uh performative abilities he used to play the guitar we used to all sing around the guitar mm. he's a lounge singer currently mm-hmm. in south florida nice he'd, he'd always entertain what new music i was into mm-hmm. i thought it was really cool when i was in fifth grade and we drove to new york from florida to go visit family and my dad let me play beastie boys no sleep till brooklyn on repeat like <laughs> for two days i thought that was awesome but mm-hmm. maybe that kept him awake too maybe it was self-serving yeah what's one of your favorite <laughs> memories with your dad What's one of your favorite memories with your dad? No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Making my dad laugh is always the best. He's the easiest person to make laugh. Like, Mm -hmm. if an animal is talking, Mm -hmm. my dad will crack up. Like, for some reason, he just finds that hysterical. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's a commercial and the the dog's like, more dog food, my dad will be, like, laughing for three (laughs) hours. So now, he's very easy for me because I've pinpointed, like, what his likes and his dislikes. And so if I'm buying a Father's Day card for him, it's going to be, like, a giraffe with googly eyes. (laughs) <laughs> and I know he's going to open it and crack up. Uh, one of my favorite memories with my dad would be watching him walk through the house and pray over every single room. He has these prayers that are written down on these pieces of papers that he's kept in his Bible for 30 plus years now, reads them every morning, has the same fluctuations in the same parts. And so I appreciate those memories. And then also the scar that I have on my forehead is because of my dad. <laughs> it's not like that, though. We were playing. He was chasing me around the house and I was, you know, I was probably four or five years 
years old, just laughing and running away from him and kept looking behind me to see where he was at. So he couldn't catch me and ran right into the corner of a wall. And now I have this beautiful scar from this playtime with my dad that I always carry with me. So so some of my favorite memories. Yeah. Let's read into the scripture. Deuteronomy 131. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. Mm. How's your father carried you? I think, I think meaning Lord God, just doing this podcast and the letters that we've been getting has been such a fabulous place to end up in this journey. Like to go from being like a devout Christian teen to completely wondering what life was about Mm -hmm, rebelling to being forced to being told what's not true in conversion therapy Mm -hmm. to coming out and reconciling just kind of putting god in my back pocket while i enjoyed queer life sure to coming back and saying it's too hard to deny you god because look at all of these amazing things that are in this world that Mm -hmm. you've created and i mean just when i started traveling and seeing the beauty of the world and seeing incredibly talented people do their thing i couldn't deny god and Mm -hmm. i think that's when i realized you know like the footprints in the sand poem you know when i only saw one set of footprints it was because god was carrying me Mm mm-hmm And I think that coming back to this place has been such a rejoice for me because this has always been my dream to do something like this for people who need to hear it because I so desperately needed to hear it. Yeah. And if you're listening right now and you feel that way, you've come here for a reason. And that reason is God. And I just... I'm grateful to have you here. Yeah. And if you are someone that has a distant relationship with your father or strained relationship, know that Abba Father is the one that is willing and able and is here now to fill in that gap that your biological father could not fill. It's not easy. And we find that in community. We Mm -hmm. find that through connection and conversation. So if you feel that you're stuck in a place where you cannot um, experience that fatherly love and you need that and you want that and you desire that, reach out to your community. If you don't have a community, Start finding the community that you know that you belong in. You know, find a local LGBTQ affirming church. Um, yeah, there's also a, there's great Reddits and subreddits on mm-hmm. gay Christianity where there's people that you can reach out and talk to, or you can always email us. Yeah, reach out to us. Email us. You know, I'm I a zaddy now. <laughs> I don't I don't have Abba Father status, but I got Zaddy's status. I got one for you. Um, uh, Hebrews. 12 7 endure hardship as discipline god is treating you as sons for what son is not disciplined by his father <laughs> amen girl <laughs> well that explains it you know one of the things i love the most are that... you gonna buy me a car Abba? <laughs> <laughs> he did um <laughs> one of the things i love the most about my father is that when he would discipline me and i don't agree with the way he disciplined me as a child but that's another story but one thing that he did right in his actions he would sit me on his lap and go through a prayer with me and he would be like do you know what you did wrong okay state what you did wrong and i'd have to say out loud specifically what i did wrong and then i would have to apologize to him and go through the list of everyone in our family and then as well as the trinity that i'm sorry and i had to sit there and do this prayer and then we would always end it with galatians 5:22 the fruits of the spirit are love joy peace long suffering gentleness kindness goodness faithfulness meekness long-suffering, and against this there is no law. And so that's one of the things that I really appreciate about my father that he instilled in me. Yes, you discipline, but you also reestablish your relationship and your love for the person and the child that you're disciplining. Mm. 
Malachi 4, 6. He will turn the <laughs> hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. I mean, when all else fails, pray about it, kids. Yeah. Pray about it. Our hearts can always be changed, every single one of us. And then celebration out there for those like awesome dads. Oh man, I've seen some awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome dads yeah. at work. My uh, brother is an awesome dad yeah. and my brother-in-law. It inspires me. I think I'd be a great dad. Yeah, I could see that. I would. Yeah. I already know. The kids would have new packages coming in the mail every <laughs> I week. I do order a lot of packages. <laughs> Gifts. Hey, I got something for you. I got something Stop for you. Stop <laughs> exposing me. <laughs> no, it's true. I you would a be lot. a good dad. You're, you're very nurturing. You're very caring. You're attentive. I think the craziness of Christians believing that gays couldn't adopt. To me, that just doesn't seem... They're stopping people from having fathers and this mothers. Is the same people that are praying for starving children all across this world. You know, we'll see like Sarah McLaughlin be like, save this child. You know, and it'll be like sad mm-hmm. things. And like, we're all sitting there and like people are going like, oh, please, Lord, bless that child. But then they're mm-hmm. the same people mm-hmm. that are saying that gay people can't adopt. Mm-hmm. What's the more godly choice there? Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems obvious to me. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, when I came out to God, I had a come to Jesus moment where I challenged him. I literally said, I'm opening up the heavens and I'm looking at you and mm-hmm. I'm asking you right now to give me a reason why I'm gay. And mm-hmm. I said, if you don't, I'll try to spend the rest of my life trying to figure out why. And I did. I think it's because gay people are meant to take care of all they want to children in this world. Yeah. I mean, it seems like such a logical answer to a prayer. It, I don't think people are like, dear Lord. Please, I'm seeing these babies. And I put a Southern accent on it because the South has problems. <laughs> I see these babies out there that don't have parents. And I just ask if you, Lord, I'm asking from the bottom of my heart, Lord, please find them a home. Please find find some loving couple that'll take care of them. Do, do you think that this person's like, dear Lord, please find a heteronormative family <laughs> right. to take this young child in? No, they, they are not praying for that. What they are praying for, God is delivering. And I think that it's a beautiful thing uh, when gay people adopt. There's all kinds of ways to make alternative families. I've seen beautiful families been made a whole bunch of ways. You know, surrogates and wonderful people have done all kinds of things. But for me personally, I would love to adopt. I would love to save a baby the way a baby would save me. Well, I think you would be a good father. Well, thanks. I'm going to ask you for a letter of recommendation. (laughs) I'll give it. I'll give it. All right. Well, this is cool. This has been great. This has been great. Thank you for joining us. The answer to who's your daddy, it's Abba Father. Uh, <laughs> we've come to a conclusion. Or if you want to share pictures of your daddy, yeah, uh, I'll look at them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, close in a prayer. Okay. Dear Lord, we come to you today, Abba Father, and want to thank you uh, for carrying us all the way till we reach this place. We want to thank you for the fathers that you gave us, for the people that you gave in the places that our fathers have failed. We want to thank you for the mothers who have nurtured us, and we want to thank you for the people who have taken the places when our mothers have failed, because you are the ultimate parent, and we want to thank you for being there and never failing us. We want to ask God that you please protect people and send an angel to guide over people who are in difficult situations in their families, and we'd like to also pray that you reward people that are in wonderful situations and let those parents know how much we appreciate them. We come to you today, God, humbled. And grateful for having you as our Abba Father. Amen. Amen. 
All right, if you're a daddy, hit me up, Religious Trade. <laughs> I'm Daniel Franzese. You can get me at What's Up Danny. And you just found out where to get Azariah <laughs> if uh, you're not at the daddy bar. And if you have a praise request, a prayer report, if you would like to send us a note, if you'd like to be a sponsor, if you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at pray at yasjesuspod.com. Uh, and check out our website for any of the articles or stuff that we talked about today. There'll be some footnotes and cute things for you waiting there. Amen. And until next week, keep praising the Lord, y'all. God bless. Until next time, this has been Yas Jesus. Oh!